Welcome to episode 37 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And this week we're talking a little uh, trial yeah. and a little Raza Ghoul. But before then, Cameron, you got any uh, comic book movie or just general comic book related news for us? Um, I did. You did? Oh. I forgot. <laughs> um, <laughs> hold on. It was... I got a whole bunch of shit, so if you forgot it okay, all. Okay. Uh, yeah. I remember the gifted... We got a full gifted trailer. Which is Heroes oh, 2.0. I didn't, I didn't actually watch that. Um, uh, do you remember the original Heroes trailer? Yeah, Save the it's, Cheerleader, Save the... It's the exact same thing. Okay, because I, I know that's the um, like the street-level X-Men, or like the... Mm-hmm. Well, it's not X-Men, but it's like mutants. Yeah, it's mutants. Uh, it's basically like what I got from the trailer is there's a girl who just found out her power, and she's teaming up with this other guy who has a power, but he's being hunted, and the big reveal in the trailer, which is stupid is that he's being hunted by her dad. What? Uh, and I think she's also so a cheerleader. So that's literally heroes. <laughs> this like, is what I... I, I watched the trailer, the and I'm like, this is, like... I want it to be good, because I want the version of heroes that we would have gotten if the writer's strike never happened. Right, yeah. Mm. Um, but it's, like, almost scene for scene, I feel like. Oh, I feel like there's even, like, a Japanese guy walking around. With a samurai sword? I wish. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I haven't watched the trailer. I watched Legion, finally. Yeah, It was really good. I feel like it would be hard to then jump in on another mutant property that's on a network. Because, like, Legion was great because it was so weird. And I feel like going on to, like, Fox, it would be maybe a little bit generic. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and also... But, I mean, Heroes was on <coughs> Fox, ABC. No, it was on NBC. I mean, it's NBC. all network. Right, right, network. right, 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 yeah. Um, but also, I, I don't necessarily love the fact that Brian Singer's directing it. Like, I... I'm kind of ready for someone new to come in. Yeah. Just because he's done so much of it now, and he set the tone, but I feel like it's time for someone else to kind of pick it up and go with it. Yeah. So I probably won't watch it. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the other, it's not really news, but it excited me Mm. this week. Uh, the like initial initial reviews of Wonder Woman are out. I saw that it seems, to be and they doing... said not bad. <laughs> what I they said not as bad as we expected. What, what I've been reading is that it's the uh, best DC EU movie to date, which might be the faintest praise you could right. possibly give something. Um, I, I mean, I'm happy to hear that it's good. I want it to be good. I just assume they're all going to be terrible. Yeah. So if it is good, that's going to be great. Like I just loved like people are trying so hard to say like. It's better than like it's better than before, yeah. but it's still not great. Yeah, like I, they're both on screen together and they act. Yeah. Like, okay. All right. I've been seeing generally warm things, so one one hopes maybe. Yeah. We'll find out in two weeks. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, that actually is coming up really soon, isn't mm-hmm. it? Oh, so excited! Yeah. Oh my god, we get to our crossovers. Those are so much goddamn fun. Yeah. Cannot wait. I mean, so, like, because there is a little bit of news. I mean, it's not solid, solid news coming out of um, the DCEU camp. I mean, there was talks about more reshoots with Justice League, which <laughs> I, I don't really read much into the fact there are reshoots. Every major movie, pretty much every movie in general has reshoots, especially huge movies. Right. Um, it's to be expected that this one would as well. I don't think that's any indication that it's going to go up or down in quality based on what we expect. I mean, Rogue One had a shitload of reshoots. I mean, basically everything that's in the first trailer isn't even the movie. And I know you and I differ a little bit on it, but I think overall that was more or less a success. Right. Um, so... For what it's worth, I don't think there's much to that. So there's reshoots. Who gives a shit? That happens all the time. It's probably still going to be garbage. Hmm. 
<laughs> I, uh, uh, yeah. I know. I don't know. One hopes. I will continue to have my heart broken. Yeah. Absolutely. We're still going to go. We have yeah. to. Yeah. I think, uh, I'm trying to think what other news I saw. Oh, um, so the Venom movie is apparently happening. Did you see this? No. So it's it, so there's rumors for a long time about a Venom movie. Now it's officially happening at Sony, seemingly without any sort of coordination with Marvel. Okay. Uh, starring Tom Hardy, who I do okay. love. Yeah. And directed by Ruben Fleischer, who did Zombieland. Okay. We did talk. I don't know if we ever talked about this on the podcast. Mm. You and I and our friend Shane had a nice discussion of like if there's any actor that we would go see a movie oh, just right. for them. And Tom Hardy was like pretty high up on our list. He was on the list. He has consistently done pretty good stuff. So maybe So we'll see. I don't know. It just seems so it seems so desperate on Sony's part to like let's do our own Marvel Cinematic Universe that will have some Spider-Man and not. Yeah. It seems like they've just decided like, "Oh, well Marvel's going to relaunch this character for us. It's going to be a success and we're just going to ride the coattails off of that." But seemingly I would assume Spider-Man's not going to be in this movie. Because it comes out in 2018, that's right. He'll be, you know, he'll be in space by then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I guess this also rules out the possibility of him seeing, like, coming across the symbiote suit in Infinity War, which is a rumor, but that's probably not going to happen. No, I, I wouldn't want that. I also wouldn't either. I think it'd be too much. I think it would make sense for afterwards. Now that we've kind of sure. opened it up to this whole galactic world for yeah. the symbiote to come to Earth. Uh, but not for him, like to fight Thanos in the black suit. No, I think just that'd to, be weird. Just to find it. No, yeah. and I guess the, the disappointing thing is that you kind of feel like if they started to get Spider-Man on the right track with the right creative people, that they could bring Venom back and do a really good job with it. And you're just like, well, fuck. But like Sony's insisting on doing this without them. It's like, well, just don't. Can you imagine if if they brought in Tom Hardy for the Marvel for the Disney Marvel version? Yeah, that'd be too amazing villain actors it'd be incredible like, like I mean, to follow up michael keaton yeah i mean tom hardy as a spider-man villain in the marvel cinematic universe would be amazing but yeah. that's not what it seems like it's gonna be and you're just you just see the potential falling apart as it's coming together and he's like well god ugh. yeah sad times i don't know we'll we'll see who knows anything <laughs> is better than the last <laughs> symbiote movie oh my god that's absolutely true i i only have one other small piece of news and this is only because we've talked about how much we love Power Rangers. Oh, good. Did they um, confirm a sequel? No. Well, Damn that's it. actually the problem. Is that no. They, how many times do I have to go see it? I know. So, it, I mean, it did reasonably well in the States. Um, it has yet to come out in Japan, but they're hoping for... Really? Yeah, still not. I think July. Until that's, that's so dumb. It's ridiculous. I don't know. But they were hoping for a big... That's their, it's their show. I know. Why are we holding out on what we stole from them? I know. I don't know. I'm, but hopefully it's big in Japan because the problem was it came out in China and only made about $4.5 million so far in China. They needed it to be huge. Oh, shit. So right now it's, it's clocking around like $140 million off of a $100 million budget, which you basically have to double the budget to like make a return on it. So right. basically as of right now, it's not turning a profit. So no. I don't know. Guys. Go out to our to our thirty listeners. Yeah, if that. Go out and watch the go out and watch Power Rangers. I know. So maybe maybe it'll we need up... to know who the Green Lantern is. Wow. Oh. <laughs> I mean, there there the are Green Power Ranger. Rangers Justice League crossovers, so I guess that's okay. Yeah, sure. We're yeah. talking about Justice League. Yeah, we. Uh, I know. I want a sequel. I think it was a good setup for a sequel. Mm-hmm. So it's it's up in the air right now. It's yeah. hard to say. It depends what kind of box office they get and whether they can maybe then convince Lionsgate to still go forward with another movie. 
Right. Even though it didn't do that well, because maybe the next time around it might be able to pull in a big budget. If they fucking open return. it in Japan at the same fucking time. I don't know why they didn't. There there has to be a reason. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, like, that's it's interesting now when you see movies that don't open simultaneously in like China, especially, but also Japan, because um, like we talked about this, that like Fast and the Furious had a bigger opening than. Uh, anything the, for- the force awakens yeah probably because it opened in japan or excuse me in, in china, china at the same time at the same time right so um oh shit we forgot the other big tv news that i texted you about black lightning oh yeah not set in the arrowverse no. seemingly, or at least not yet confirmed to be part of the arrowverse no it won't be part of the uh, the crossover it's uh it looks very weird it's not the static that i wanted no, I mean I know it's not static. I know it's black lightning, and yeah. we can get into that whole discussion. But I just, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've talked about my love for Static Shock. It's so great. Like almost every episode, I feel like pretty damn close. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I was, uh, I don't know. I'm a little disappointed. I it, don't think it precludes the possibility of getting Static at some point. I know. There's rumors they're saving him for the. The movie universe, yeah, yeah. In which case, it might be Jaden Smith. But I mean, I've 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 stood up for him With a the few get times down, right? now. Yes, because the yeah. Get Down, he's fantastic. But again, okay. he's just weird in that movie, in that show. So like, it fits him. Yeah, it's hard. To I don't say. know how he would be as a more serious actor. Yeah, and the lead having to carry everything. Right. So, I hope they do more static. I love static as well. Mm-hmm. But you know. At a minimum, we have we have our static, which we get to we do. watch Soon. in, I don't know, a couple of years. A year, yeah. maybe. <laughs> One day. <coughs> Sorry, guys. I got a bit of a cough. I apologize. Um, but I guess until we get a static, because it's going to be a long ways down the road. We, we got some Batman to talk we about. We do. We have plenty of, plenty of Batman to talk about. We got Trial this week, which I... Which was great. It was great, yeah. Um, and we've mentioned this before, I think. I'm going to steal the fun fact. Please because, do. Take all the fun facts. Uh, yeah, the more this, you talk, the better. <laughs> this dying. was the original plot of... Uh, not, this was the plot for the originally planned theatrical movie. Or, yeah. like, straight to VHS movie. Yeah, this was what uh, Mass of the Phantasm was going to be. Yeah. Um, what do you... Well, we'll talk about the movie first, and then we'll kind of kind of yeah. break it apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, we say that, but we never actually do. No, I think. Well, yeah. There's only so much to talk about in the episode itself, and there's more to talk about at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because uh, we are right at the beginning. We're introduced to Janet Van Dorn, yes. who is the DA who has uh, replaced Harvey Dent, and she has a grudge against Batman. She blames Batman for the villains, and I think that's a for. She blames the rogues gallery on Batman. Yeah, and that, I mean, it's a common theme through tons of stuff. I mean, right, it's this whole idea of the you know Batman caused a lot of the stuff to happen, and like so right at the beginning, he who is it that goes free? Someone goes. Oh, it's Poison it's, Ivy. Uh, Poison Ivy is <clears throat> exempt from going to prison right. because she was caught by Batman. Yeah, and they threw out some legal jargon. That I don't, I forgot to write down. I don't know. Yeah, if it's I didn't write down either. But uh, so instead, she's going back to Arkham. Which that, it's interesting they touch upon it, but don't expand. Excuse me upon that because that's an idea that we've seen pop up a few times. Which is, can these crimes still be like properly prosecuted if Batman's the one who brings them in? Right. No due process. I don't know because yeah, because they didn't get their rights read to them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think they'd be part of it. Yeah. From what I remember about 21 Jump Street, <laughs> that's a big thing, right? 
the bench bar by you which have to let them go all if you don't procedural give your should be measured. Twenty one Jump Street. Yeah, that's um, the most like criminal based show that I or movie that I watched. It's actually a pretty good movie. Yeah, I love it. Have you seen Twenty Two? Of course. I haven't watched it yet. I know. Really? I know. Have you seen I know. The, the end sequence? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Oh man, I, I've just, heard of it. Just I know. for that, you I know. have to watch I know. it. I, got, I know. I'm way behind. Get up to Thirty Three Jump Street. <laughs> Which might be like the MIB crossover. We don't know. Someday. <laughs> God, someday. But yeah, so Poison Ivy uh, goes back to Arkham. And when she gets there, uh, she discovers that the uh, all the inmates have a big thing planned. Because somehow Mad Hatter got a hold of all of his playing cards. Right. And so he takes control of everyone in the asylum. Um, which I guess I like this because it's proof that, as we talked about before, Mad Hatter, if he weren't kind of an idiot in his own way, is one of Batman's most dangerous villains. Absolutely. Yeah. Which, it makes it kind of fun, because he gets in his own way every single time. Yeah, and it's... There were so many villains in this episode. I love I it. I love... Yeah. Everyone, pretty much. I mean, any... what like Anyone that's had a major role or a recurring role. Yeah, I think any like original uh, comics... The only one that I didn't see was Clock King. Clock King and Clayface were the only two I didn't see. Clock King, and Clayface, Rob, we'll see him next and week. Catwoman. Yeah, but she wouldn't be in Arkham. No, she wouldn't be in Arkham. But it was like the major characters. Yeah. Yeah. And Roz, but we and saw Roz, them in the other episode. Around, yeah. But yeah, for the most part, they're all there. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, like, again, this is something you can do in a, in a cartoon that maybe it would be really hard to do in a movie, which is bring everyone in together. And Unless they get Fast and Furious style and we oh, get God. eight Batman movies. I mean, in terms of quality, they're basically already at Fast and the Furious Well, that's style, what so. um, the long-lost Batman movie was supposed to be. Which one? Um... Resurrect? No. The one that was supposed to come out after, uh, not forever. Oh, Batman, Batman and Robin? Robin. Yeah. Oh, uh, Intimidation Game? No, that's the, that's the Benedict Cumberbatch movie. No, but, <laughs> no, but, like, that was... Oh, is that the name of it? Yeah. I've heard, like, four names thrown out for That's it. one of the titles. Of, yeah, because it was supposed to be Scarecrow and Harley. Mm-hmm. And they wanted Jack Nicholson to come back to, rep- to reprise his role. In a dream sequence. Yeah. Yeah, because they were talking about... Oh, we think we've talked about this in the podcast, actually, because they were talking about uh, Courtney Love. Yeah, Courtney Love was going to play... As Harley. Mm-hmm. And one of the rumors I heard was uh, Howard Stern. Which I would have loved. I would, that movie would have Oh, been, man. With... with um, Schumacher behind it. Schumacher behind it. It would have been a fucking disaster, and I would have loved oh, to see it. Oh, it would have been so good. <laughs> it would have been so much fun to rip apart. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's... I guess that's similar to what this plot is. Yeah. The idea that I think he's trapped in Arkham, which we've seen done, obviously, in the, the games and the comics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just here, it has a totally different tone to it because it becomes a kangaroo court. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, I liked it. Again, I, I think this works as like a 30-minute episode. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to see how they would have stretched it out. Um, anything more than that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everyone's there. So what, the, the Joker... Okay, so they, they basically capture Batman, they capture Janet Van Dorn, and she has to defend Batman in court. Mm-hmm. Even and, though she hates him. Even though she hates him, and yeah. prove that he didn't cause all these villains to become who they are. And so it's what, uh, Joker as the judge, Ventriloquist slash Scarface the as the bailiff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the jury was um, Croc, Harley, Ivy... Uh, Riddler, Hatter, and I think Scarecrow. Scarecrow, yeah. Um, I think it's it's everyone. Yeah, because there are only six. On oh, the and then Two Face was the prosecutor. Prosecutor, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a ridiculous, but also kind of a fun setup. Yeah, and they do. I forget. Have you read? Um, 
Dark Victory, which is the comic that mm-hmm. follows Long Halloween. I have not. Okay. They do something similar-ish to this. Okay. But Batman's not on trial. He has to do more with Harvey, if I recall. It's been a while since I read it. Similar. Um, sorry, I'm trying not to cough. No, you're fine. Um, Hold it in. It, it, it kind of... I found it a little amusing on like showing the characters they had, but obviously not being able to get the voice talent. Yeah. Because Scarecrow, who I think this might be his like scariest when he has his scythe. Yeah. When he, when he can't talk and has his scythe, he's terrifying. <clears throat> his voice actor more than likely couldn't come in. He um, was undergoing throat surgery when this was in production. So that's oh. why. I think, and I'm, I imagine they wrote this and animated it, and then he couldn't show up, and they just worked around it, yeah. more or less, because he's in it a lot and has no lines. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Riddler, too. Who's in one scene, he's like and one then scene disappears for the rest of the episode. Doesn't even bother with him. Which is, well, I mean, it's fine, because he's not like a confrontational villain. No. You never see him try and punch Batman. You can see him just like fucking off in the middle of trial. Yeah. He's got his own things to do. Right. Yeah, I do. I do love it too, though, because um, I forget what the context was, but Croc once again says this famous line about hitting him with a rock. Yeah, I, so it's um, <laughs> right when the trial starts, Joker asks the jury how they stand. Oh yeah, and they said uh, hit him, shoot him, uh, like kill him, yeah, drop a rock on him, yeah, hit him with a rock, yeah, hit him with a rock. I love that. I love that that's become his thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, but it's great because. Uh, uh, D.A. Van Dorm puts like Hatter on trial, and she's you know he claims that Batman made him who he was, and I love it because she's like, "What didn't you like kidnap a woman who rejected your advances?" Yeah, but Batman made me. Yeah, and I love it because she's like, "You could have just respected her wishes and left her alone." I'd rather kill her. Yeah, it's like I'm so glad someone pointed that out to him. It's like yeah. you could always not be a creeper and just leave her alone. That's that's impossible. Yeah, there's no way anyone would reject me. Yeah, right. Crazy Mad Hatter. But who, who else they put on trial? They put um, or up on the witness stand. Harley. Har- Harley goes We got up. her. This is the first time hearing her origin. Yeah. They, they we learned about it. Harley and Quinzel. Yeah, that she was a um, psychiatrist at and Arkham. It, apparently, that was in the comic before it came out. I think out. so. Yeah, I think they introduced her in the show, and then they had her origin, and they put it in the comic, and they put it mm-hmm. in the show, and then we don't get it until like, Mad Love properly. Oh, that's right, because right. Mad Love as a comic came out during the animated series. We didn't get the adaptation until... Right, until after. New Bad Adventures. Yeah. But I love it, because like, the DA accuses her of like trying to influence the judge and the joker's literally like laying in her lap I, as, she, yeah. <laughs> as she's like petting him he has so many great lines yeah in this too again i mean it's written by paul dini so that's always mean well i mean obviously this was stuff. this was written to be you know it was conceptualized to be like you know a full vhs yeah or full outside movie so i feel like they had a lot of extra wiggle room of like these are the best scenes we have yeah, and they could just trim off all of the fat. Yeah, because you can you feel like it would be hard to expand this out. Well, I guess we will get to that at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, what, so then they put him on trial, and he's not guilty. Yeah, they they claim not guilty, which I wasn't expecting because I haven't seen this in a long time. Yeah, but of course they're going to kill him anyways. Yeah, yeah, Joker. It's like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna kill you anyway. Yeah, so they they take him down to the execution chamber. I'm, I'm assuming be electrocuted yeah there's a big generator in there yeah and he has the weirdest irish accent for like two lines oh yeah he's like dressed up as the 
Is that, is that a movie reference that I'm missing? I think it I assumed be, it was. I think it is. I'm not sure what. Yeah, it's like with the, the robes and the black hat. Mm-hmm. I don't remember specifically what it was. I don't know. Because he only has, he has, he's talking the whole time, but he like he walks in with this very odd Irish accent, uh-huh. uh, which don't think Mark Hamill can do Irish very well. Yeah. Or just fine. He can do other things no, it's better. That's fine. <laughs> uh, and he just drops it immediately. Uh, and then they're about to execute him, but Van Horn, Horn, Dorn, Van Dorn, Van Dorn, finds a batarang. Yeah, she like grabbed it off of uh, like a crime boss that Batman apprehended okay. way in the beginning of the episode, and you kind of forget about it because why would she have a batarang in her yeah. blouse still? Um, so she knocks the light out. Great aim, by the way. I don't oh, know yeah. if, like how easy those things are to throw, but we see like Batman has amazing aim with it, obviously. But I feel like they must be pretty easy if kind of anyone can throw them. Pretty much, yeah. Um, knocks out the light. Batman uses his disappearing act, gets out of the straitjacket, puts Harley in the straitjacket, gets amazing. his belt back. I yeah. love that. Uh, knocks out Croc and then runs off with Van Dorn. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, then they're kind of stuck between Scarecrow with his scythe and then the rest of the villains catch up to them. Uh, and we missed the whole B plot of the movie, which wasn't or the show, which wasn't even really a B plot. Oh, it's like Gordon's, yeah, trying to find them, and he Batman's Batman, like left clues around. He pulled a gadget out when he got apprehended um, by the gangsters or by uh, Harley and Ivy, mm-hmm. and I assumed it was like a taser, but apparently it's a tracker. So yeah. I guess he left that behind deliberately. <clears throat> yeah, because he just knew that he was going to lose know. this fight. Yeah, that was a fun scene. Oh, I, I, yeah, we kind of skidded past it, but there was. Um, the way they apprehend Batman is he goes to uh, city the courthouse. courthouse. Yeah. Um, knocks out what he thinks is a person, but it's the statue. And then very well, like, illustrated and animated, you see Poison Ivy is dressed as kind of the Statue of Justice. Yeah. Knocks Batman out. And just kind of the reveal, it, it was very, I think we've talked about this before. There's uh, an episode of Samurai Jack where they, play with the black and white and it's like hard contrast okay yeah where it felt like that where she's painted in all gold and she just like barely removes like a little bit of the gold and you see like the color come through and i'm like oh that's very pretty yeah it's a fun scene it's really clever yeah plus anytime you get harley and ivy together they're great they're so much fun together yeah um so so (laughs) gordon finds them uh apprehends the rest of the villains Ba- or Joker tries to. I I kind of oh fuzzy on this part. They so he like rodeos him. Batman and the DA end up on the roof of Arkham yeah. as the the cops have surrounded the interior and captured everyone. And the Joker also on the roof throws a rope around Batman. Yeah, and like he hogties hogties him. him and then jumps off the roof. So they're basically swinging between the buildings, counterweighting each yeah. other. And the Joker's trying to hit him in the face with the gavel. Oh, okay. The real gavel or the rubber chicken gavel? The real gavel. Okay. That's right. Because there, there are a bunch gavel. of little bits that we that yeah. we'll talk about once we finish, which are basically done. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there was that really sweet line at the end of um, uh, Van Dorn going up to Batman. She's like, I'm not going to stop trying to make a Gotham that doesn't need Batman. He's like, well, me too. That's yeah. the whole point. I'm not doing this because I want to do this. I'm doing this because... Gotham needs me right now. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. It's... <coughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm struggling. You're fine. Um, we... It's a really clever episode. Like, I, I know they... So they had the original plot to 
expand it to a whole feature length, so we imagine 75 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they would do to fill out the other... That was what, that was what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Besides adding kind of more testimonial or maybe going deeper into testimonial, like with flashbacks and stuff like that. But I feel like that drag. It would drag. And also, with the exception of Harley, we've seen everyone's origin. Unless they did it... Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, that's fine. Um, there's, it's one of the trends that I hate more than anything in anime. And I don't think it's come to Western cartoons as often or as much. But when they start... Like, if it's been a long break between seasons, the first episode will just be, like, a flashback episode. Oh. Where it'll, it will literally be, like, if it's, like, four seasons in, it'll be one episode containing everything that happened in those four seasons. Oh, okay. I could I could have seen it being, like, just, like, the recap movie. Sure. Which would have been horrible. It would have been terrible. And what I like about this is that there's no superfluous storytelling and I kind of feel like if they had tried to make this feature length, it would have been stuff with stuff that didn't matter that much, that was filling time, that was kind of recapping things we already knew in the show. Right. I mean, they could have done a version of, say, Harley's origin, but that's not... It also wouldn't fit here, because it's really not about her, so that you feel like that just would have been filling time. Right. I'm, I'm glad this ended up being only a 30-minute episode. Mm-hmm. I think any more really wouldn't have worked. Even, w- even if it was just like a two-parter? I don't know if they even could have got a twoper out of it. I mean, where, where do you? I have no idea. I yeah, just, I mean, I guess you could maybe put the cliffhanger on the guilty verdict, but then you know the rest of the episode wraps up pretty quick. So, I mean, what do you do? Do you expand out like the B story of Gordon trying to track them down? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I think they definitely made the right call mm-hmm. on this. I would have liked more. Um, so what we've seen so far is kind of everyone hates Two Face. Yes. And I kind of oh love God, that man. that story because it's DA versus it's former DA versus new DA. Yeah, is is a little story, and then you have the poison ivy, two face thing where obviously she tried to kill him in the beginning. Yeah. I love they bring that up. Yeah, like multiple times throughout the series. I would love for that to just be like if there was like three more minutes of that, yeah. I would have been very happy. <laughs> it wasn't needed, but it would have just been nice. Yeah, no, it would have been kind of fun. Um, but I mean, overall, I think it's a pretty solid piece of storytelling. Yeah. Like I love all of the comedy with the ventriloquist. Yes. There were a couple scenes where uh, I think Poison Ivy walks in front of him or Harley walks in front of him. Uh, I think it's Harley. And uh, Scarface says something very sexual. Yeah. And she turns around and slaps the ventriloquist. Oh, that's right. And I'm like, ah, that's great. It's, it's a lot it, of Because it's funny to see that like people still see him in charge. Yeah. Most people don't go for the puppet. Most people still go for yeah, you know, the puppeteer. Except, except Scarface got decapitated, and I was very sad. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's had worse happen to him. Yeah. Like, a lot worse. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's, it's easy to fix, but yeah. I'm just like, oh, no. Yeah. No, I, I like, like... That's their way of, like, killing now. It's just, like, <laughs> you just cut out. It's just kill Scarface. It's so much easier. But, I don't know. Did you have any other, like, major uh, points there on was, this? Uh, Joker was reading a... A comic. A comic. I, for, I, I forgot to write it down because I told I myself I was going to remember it. I didn't really look closely to see what it was. Um, it was one of DC's like non-superhero comics from the early 60s. Oh, okay. Um, I can't remember what it was anymore. Um, he does Porky Pigs, That's All Folks. Oh, that's right, he does. To end the trial he and hits the, hits the... The, the rubber... Stand, the stand, yeah, with a rubber, a rubber chicken oh, yeah. instead of the gavel. Uh, <laughs> I think that was kind of it. 
Yeah, the only like bit of trivia I had was that uh, the DA was played by. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, go ahead, you have this. No, no, well. this is all you. You already okay. started uh, by Stephanie Zimbalist, the daughter of Ephraim Zimbalist Jr., who plays Alfred. Yes, keeping it in the family. Yeah, and but then that... later they just made Alfred's daughter Batgirl. In the movie, this is niece. Oh, niece, you're right. That's what I meant. Still doesn't make any goddamn sense. Nah, it's fine. But yeah, um, I think it does it for trial. Yeah, right? that was a really fun episode. I, I liked it a lot too. Like, I mean, again, it's this is almost a hard one to talk about because it's just it's fun and the great moments in it are great moments. They're not stuff you can really talk about so much. You're just repeating it. Like, so definitely one worth watching. Yeah. Like, and you don't need to have watched the rest of the shit. No, it was just a very fun Obviously. like villain episode. Yeah, it's great to, to get to see everyone come together like that um, in a kind of ridiculous, but they pay it off sort of way it's great mm-hmm. is there any villain i mean we've kind of said the three that weren't there but are there any villains that that haven't been shown and um animated yet that you'd that you would that you would have wanted to see in this in this episode um i don't know about in this episode i mean that we haven't seen yet overall firefly is one of my favorites and he mm-hmm. comes in in the later season well, i mean even characters that aren't even in oh. it's kind of in all of batman's rogues gallery oh that we haven't seen uh killer moth yeah. <laughs> we never got the DCAU Killer Moth. I, I don't think. Not that I can recall. No. I don't think so. Yeah. Just bring him in. Yeah. I mean, you know my answer. You should. My favorite oh. super villain of all time. Go ahead and say it. I'm Condiment King. Condiment King. God, how did I miss that? But okay, that's right. He's in, he is in this. Yeah. Yeah. Because you get his origin story in New Batman. No, we don't. He's only in the animated series. We haven't seen him yet, right? No, we have not seen him yet. Okay, good. Is he okay? It is in this season, then. Okay. Yeah, it's in the animated series because not... Joker creates him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get to that eventually. God, I can't. I can't wait to do the artwork for that. I know. Oh, it's gonna be so good. So excited. Um, but uh, our sponsor this week, our good friends, the Novice and Frank. Hey, I know who we do uh, we crossovers with. I've been on their podcast talking about uh, DC New Frontier. They're both just lovely, delightful people, and their podcast is amazing. Frank is one of the most knowledgeable nerds I've ever met. Oh, my God. I mean, the Guardians Galaxy thing, like, I that's an area of comics I don't know, mm-hmm. and he just knew every fucking detail. Like, I don't remember the last time I was in a room where I didn't oh, yeah. know if, everything. If you guys have listened to the crossover episode, Chris and I play very much the comedic support. Yeah. Because we I, have nothing to input on I top got of shit what, to talk what about Frank on that is one. adding. Yeah, but they are they're awesome. So, uh, by all means, go check out their podcast, and here's the promo. Hi, Frank. Hi, Amanda. What are you doing? Just making this promo for our podcast. You mean the Novice and Frank present a comic book podcast? Exactly. Wait, what's it about? So glad you asked. It's where a comic book novice and a comic book expert discuss comics and media with special guests. A novice and an expert? Which one am I? Uh, You're the expert, Frank. I knew that. Sure. Check out new episodes every Wednesday on the Nerdist School Network and subscribe on Podbean and iTunes. And tell us what we should read next at thenoviceandfrank at gmail.com. See? You are an expert. And there was the promo. That's those guys. Yeah. Love them. Yeah. Uh, so, but now Except we're... they made us do the singing intro and exit. I mean, I actually sang. I added sound effects. <laughs> it was great, though. It works. Uh, I can't. I, I, musical improv, man. I can't I can't, do, I can't sing at all. I did karaoke recently, and I was fucking terrible. I forgot. I, I know my role. Says. After being in musical for two years, I know my role. And just keep my mouth shut. There you go. It's a vital role in a musical. <laughs> I was very good at it. I was sure. a great background actor. Uh, but now we're, we're talking Avatar, not the James Cameron movie, not, not the last Airbender. favorite show of all time, but the episode Avatar, which which might have 
I was so angry with this title card. I can't begin to explain to you. Because it's just so stereotypical with just No, like... it's just so poorly designed. Oh, okay. It had an... Why? Why is it so poorly designed? Like what... One, it was like a very complicated background with text that was like off papyrus, which I understand is like the go-to Egyptian bullshit font. Yeah. And it had a fucking outer glow on it. That is like... There, there's like three things or two there's two effects you never do in design unless you know how to implement them well okay fucking outer glow and it's drop shadow they did both they didn't have a drop shadow they okay. just had an outer glow but a fucking papyrus outer glow drove me mad when i saw that like i've been working all weekend <laughs> and so like i was a little bit on edge but i almost just like i was almost like i'm not watching this episode oh i can't God. do it it just sets you off right from the beginning oh man i go a fine episode but that I couldn't handle that. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Your frustration makes me happy. <laughs> like I'm so, glad that you're so mad about this. Their bad design makes me upset. Yeah, no, that's fair. It is, it is bad design. Um, but yeah, so once we get past the uh, apparently horrendous title card, it opens up fine after. It that. opens fine. Yeah, it's like an old flashback um, to 1898, where a young Roz uh, goes down into a abandoned tomb. Um, and he sees like a gro- glowing green wall, and then like the rope that the, he's been ascended down by burns off, and then it just ends. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's an interesting way to start things off. And I like that the music was forefront to it. But what bothered me was that there was no sound effects. Like I could kind of buy no vocals necessarily if mm-hmm. it's just no one's talking but the fact that it was just music and there was no sound effects it threw me off a little bit i don't think that the, worked the way that i kind of saw that scene was that was his kind of introduction to the lazarus pit but i don't think that's what it was but no it on, wasn't i mean yeah. like the green glow sure and i feel like if they would have but he's also like 600 years old so. i was gonna say if they would have yeah. made it like 1500 when he was doing this and not 1800 yeah it was only like 100 years ago that yeah. he was doing this so it's like it doesn't doesn't quite work yeah they didn't really explain it at no, all. there's a lot of things that don't really explain in this episode. But that's fine. Actually, yeah. Because this is, I, I wrote it down. Uh, this was um, Indiana Wayne and the Scroll of Osiris. Yep, pretty much. Because this was just a straight, like, rip-off oh, of an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, and it, it more or less succeeds at that. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was fine. It works. Yeah, because then they go, um, it, we jump forward to the future, and Bruce has curated this incredible... Because like, it's deductible. Because it's deductible, I yeah. loved that line. Also, I... Small note, but I this is a continuation of Bruce not wearing his traditional brown suit. Yeah, it, both episodes. Both exactly. I I, I has a nice I, black suit in episode one. Yeah, I cannot or say if they continue this because we I don't remember the episodes, but it feels like they may have moved on from his horrible brown suit. Yeah, which I'm fine with. It's a terrible. It is terrible. We got we got a suit. good like a good array of outfits in this episode. We got some jodhpurs. Yeah, in this episode. <laughs> This was a brute because I checked the time code. He didn't don the suit or the bat suit until like 14 minutes in. Oh, yeah. Way, way far which in. Which was cool. It was nice to see Bruce fight. It was mostly, yeah, it was mostly Bruce just being Bruce. Because, so yeah, he, he's. Oh, no, that's not true. Because when there's a break in at the museum, he's dressed as Batman to capture oh, the guy who's trying to steal the, the scroll. Least, the least threatening named villain ever. Who is it, Cameron? Ubu. Oh. <laughs> Sounds like a monkey. <laughs> Your least favorite henchman of all of them. He's not my least favorite. He's just so poorly named. He's so unthreatening. Like last time you were talking about how like the the word Ubu like physically grated your soul. <laughs> well, it's like there's there's that trend in cartoons 
where they always will have like you have your normal henchmen and then you have your like big giant like sumo henchmen yeah that always have the really high-pitched mike tyson voice yeah and that's like the joke and i feel like this is the ver- like the name version of that <laughs> like it's this very muscular guy who's a master master of martial arts yeah it's like my name f- all all who know me fear the name ubu i'm like no they don't he's the no ta- one fears he's yeah he's the taser, taser face of henchmen <laughs> I am Ubu. You're what? God. Is that your dog's name? Can we can we please get uh, a, a new live action version of Ra's al Ghul where we have Ubu and he's played by Vin Diesel? Please, that'd be amazing. Because <laughs> the best part about that is that he would not be able to lose a fight contractually, right? <laughs> and having to work around that would be amazing. But he'd also have to like be more powerful than Ra's. Oh, he, of course. There's no way Vin Diesel would ever play a sidekick. No. No, never. Uh, get on that, Zack Snyder. But I mean, I guess to be fair, Groot is kind of a sidekick. Yeah. In in the most recent movie. Wait a minute, Groot. It's not really a fight, but like, Groot gets harassed and yeah. gets beat up. So how that's do they Vin Diesel got beat up. How do they work around that? Probably just didn't show him. That's about the truth. Yeah. <laughs> in the premiere, they just cut that scene out. <laughs> <laughs> they, they just every just, theater has two copies of the movie, and if Vin Diesel walks through, they like radio the person in the tower of like put, put in the Vin Diesel <laughs> cut. It just cuts away to just like ten minutes of a charger driving around, and he's yeah. all happy and goes back to the movie. It's like someone like kind of pushes Groot, and he turns around and just beats them up. <laughs> <laughs> they just cut in Vin Diesel as himself. He doesn't even notice the difference. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Oh, Vin Diesel. Um, what a great man. Yeah, but so uh, Ubu steals the scroll, and mm-hmm. uh, Roz shows up, and Batman's like, wait, I thought you were dead, and gets nope, poisoned by I'm a snake. back. Clever snake trick. He just throws something at Batman, and he catches it, and he's like, oh, shit, it's a poisonous snake. Yeah. Gets knocked out. And I do love it, too, because then they go to the, um, the Batcave, and Batman is like talking to Alfred about how he got poisoned. And I love the way they, they actually shoot that, which is, not shoot it, you know what I mean. Yeah. Draw it. Which is the two of them in silhouette in front of the back computer. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, to do a scene we've seen done often, it was kind of a clever way to do it. There was um, a lot of really cool kind of shadow effects. It was, yeah, it silhouette was, effects. They, I, I don't, I, I don't know if it's just it, if it's actually this case or if it just seems that way because we just watched Phantasm. But it seems like the animation in general and the confidence in storytelling has improved after Phantasm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was actually the case and they just made the movie and though it wasn't commercially successful, it was very critically successful and they just watched it and went, this is amazing and they just felt more confident with what they were doing. But so far, everything just feels a little bit sharper Yeah, since then. I mean, I feel like for the past, we haven't had like a really dud episode yeah, in I mean, a while, we're, I feel we're, like. We're four in to the new season. It's all been good and even preceding the... Um, the movie, I think, except for maybe the Maxi Zeus episode, they were all yeah pretty solid. So no, I think they're really kind of getting figuring also, it out. They should be because they're like seventy episodes in right. at this point. So that's, that's I guess they should be there. Um, but so uh, they 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 know he's it's, a, it's an Egyptian snake. They know that's where he is. But yeah. before he goes to Ra's, he has to go visit uh, Talia. Yeah, I, he he phrased it weird, but yeah, he goes yeah, to Italia. Like, oh, it's someone I've been meaning to catch up with or something like yeah, that. That's yeah, yeah, and so um, they figure out that uh, the scroll is half of a map to something. I forget the so, tomb of something. Yeah, exactly. So um, Egyptian fake name. Yeah, it's whatever it is, and they have to go and try and stop Roz. And we see. Who's called Yizma? 
because she looks like looks oh like she does Yzma yeah I mean I think her, her name is Thoth and we're going to Isma I wrote it down but yeah let's Isma yeah they got to go stop Isma um, we see that Bruce still has got a thing for Talia yep a lot, of, a lot of sexual tension on this kid's show oh yeah yeah there so, was a line that he says that I, I thought was kind of funny especially since we saw all the villains in the previous episode mm-hmm. uh, he's like we have to stop your father he's my most dangerous villain and I'm like is he well, I mean, I, I, yeah, he yeah. probably is. He's, you look at it in the context of the show, he's the only villain that had uh, a plot that was deadly on a global scale. Right? Yeah. They only just kind of got by on the skin of their teeth. Like, the Joker is an asshole, but all of his stuff is pretty localized. That's true. So It he, just reminded me of Batman, the Lego Batman movie, where he's oh. like, I'm like, Joker, you're not my, you're not my greatest villain. He's like, what? Yeah. I was just playing that whole scene. Yeah. Yeah. What? I don't have a great Superman's a good guy. And I guess I'd say that I don't have a... Fight around. (laughs) But yeah, so they... Sorry, guys. Bruce and Talia go off on uh, an adventure to go stop this. Again, they're wearing some rather fetching jodhpurs. Yeah, it's nice. I only know that they're called that because of the Weekly Planet. Is that the, like wide pants yeah so it's like yeah. all the imperial officers in star wars wear that too where it's like yeah. narrow at the the ankles and it goes like has like the big wide like trapezoidal things around the hips yeah but yeah i love those mace was always talking about the job person that's how i knew what they were called <laughs> guys it's a better podcast than ours go listen to it <laughs> if you have the time to listen to this you have time to listen, listen to, to that it's way better yeah um so they they go off and they they find him in the the basement of a store yeah they, like fight some thugs and they get down into this scene it <laughs> it kind of i mean it didn't bother me but i just mm-hmm. thought it was hilarious he's like i have this device i think they just oh, like needed the sonic to, imager or yeah whatever. they yeah. needed a reason to bring this device in later it's like i have yeah. this device that'll show us where the secret passage is and they go down to the basement and the only thing there is like a sarcophagus of course, yeah and i'm like what else could it be? What, what else was going to be the entrance to Secret Passage? And I thought, like, Honestly. if I ever had like a secret, like a secret dungeon or something, mm-hmm. I would put a sarcophagus in there, and I'd put the like the secret entrance like right next to it. <laughs> it's like like hidden it into the wall, yeah, conspicuously, yeah, because everyone would only focus on that. What would be the haunted sarcophagus? Like, is it like a trap? I don't know. I, I didn't think that far through. You Maybe it'd lead to like a less interesting room. <laughs> It's a bathroom. Be, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it'd be in the bathroom. So they they find Roz down there, and, and Bruce says something. He makes a comment about how Roz is trying to track down this Egyptian priestess, and he says like, "Oh, the oldest chauvinist in the world is chasing after a woman." Uh, yeah, I was like, I mean, that's a that's a great burn. Is he that chauvinistic? A little bit. I mean, I guess he's got a whole superiority thing, and he has... He sees himself as a god, basically. He does, yeah. And he, he has this whole, like, old-fashioned paternal thing with his daughter about who's going to marry her off and be a successor and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's far from, like, a modern perspective. But I don't know if I would call him a chauvinist. He also had a line, which I thought was, like, a pretty bad burn to Talia, mm. where after he traps them, uh, he's like, most people find immortality in their offspring... I find that a lie or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah. Away. I'm like, oh, cold-hearted. I know, and she's so sad, because she's already sad that, like, Roz was still alive and didn't tell her. Yeah. She had no idea he was still around. She like, found out because Bruce was looking after them. But, yeah, they get trapped in, like, this, this glass case of emotion, basically. Yeah. 
And uh, but thank God Bruce has glasses that case of parental problems. <laughs> yeah, he's got that Sonic Imager lying around. Then he could just very conveniently use to rupture the glass and get on out of there. Mm-hmm. Which is very like for something that didn't need to be that well done. Like, it they, is well animated. They yeah. went way out of their way because like even on the all like all the glass shattering pieces, they had reflection. Oh yeah, on every on every little like crack. Yeah, that's amazing. There's I, I, I don't know if, if I've brought this up on the podcast. There's a, an animation term called shaking the lamp. Have you heard of that before? You may have mentioned it. I'm not sure. It, it originally comes from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I have to talk about Your it. Your favorite movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's a scene in Roger Rabbit uh, when Eddie and Roger are in. Um, they're kind of hidden in that diner, and he's trying to saw the handcuffs off. Yeah. Uh, they're in the, like the, the back room of the speakeasy. Yeah. Um. And Roger accidentally hits the lamp, and so it's shaking back and forth. And it's basically when the term comes from animators going way out of their way Mm -hmm. to do this incredibly hard task that no one was going to notice. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be there, but they do it anyways just to prove, yeah. Uh, Because even with the lamp shaking, they drew in all of the extra shadows that would have happened. Is crazy. It's so it's much. So much work. So I mean, you know this. You're an animator. You know how much fucking work it's that so is. So much extra work. But it's amazing they do it though, because like it, it it adds that level of detail. And you're right. They do it here, and it, it just makes it it makes it seem so effortless. But really, it's so much work to get there. Right. But it does add something. It shows just like the level of production quality they put into it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So then they um make their way out to the. The tomb the again. The tomb from the uh, the prologue. Batman changes, or Bruce changes into Batman for whatever reason he, he feels inclined to do so. I think, I, I wonder if he can just put his belt on at one point. I mean, I, I'm sure the cape has, like, special properties and yeah. some shit like that. I mean, that. it's a mindset thing. Like, it probably not, is. Yeah. You know, it's like some actors aren't in the roles and they have the makeup on. Same with Batman. Yeah. He's a drama queen, right? It's like, uh, not Magic Mike, like Mike. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like that kids' movie, Magic Mike. <laughs> you know, they don't get into character until they strip down to their <laughs> strip down into nothing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> not going to go into that anymore. No, probably not. It's probably uh, the best. So Roz finds the tomb is fake. He he finds the scrolls. They kind of disintegrate. They open the sarcophagus of the priestess, and the, the scrolls disintegrate. And then he kind of rounds the corner. I didn't really understand. He rounds the corner and finds he, the actual entrance. Well, he like grabs the side of the side sarcophagus and he flips oh, the switch, what... and it, it reveals okay, a, a staircase part. down into this um, this not pit. Lazarus pit. Yeah, it's 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 a green also pit, a green pit, but not a Lazarus, but pit, not a Lazarus pit, um, where the immortal goddess is there and Yzma. yeah, she appears and is like absolutely beautiful and she's like, oh, if you want to learn the secrets <coughs> of my immortality, my power. Come to me. Come join Legion. Yeah, and we find out that what she's actually doing is sucking the life out of him. Mm-hmm. She's um, a Dementor. Yeah, she is. And then, uh, so, like, Talia goes down there and sees what's actually going on and tries to save him. And then Batman goes down and tries to save him. And they get Roz out of there, who's all skeleton now. And they throw a grenade. And that doesn't kill her. So then she summons these... They, they're kind of like clay slime, Yeah, like slime. slime creatures. Also, was this... Like, this feels to me like the most mystical of any character yet in the show. Oh, for sure. Right. I mean, Roz was kind of there, but you could almost kind of say that the Lazarus Pit is maybe just something, like, actually biological we don't quite understand. And even Zatanna never actually does real magic when we see her. So this is the first, like, quote-unquote magical character, I think, right? Yeah. Yet in the animated series. Yeah. Do you think that works? Felt weird. It did feel weird. And she was also a zombie. Yeah, so that's that was, true. like, an, another yeah. level. 
it, it was like a big leap. Everything else had been kind of grounded in some sort of science, even if it's a little bit far-fetched. Mm-hmm. And this just, I don't know, it seemed a little bit bizarre. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't super happy with this villain. No. And then he uh, goes all Vampire Slayer and drops just a giant boulder on her. Oh, yeah, he kicks over one of like the, he, he pulls an indie move. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah that's, I think it's actually also in both this episode of the movie, it's like a giant statue of Anubis, right? He kicks over and mm-hmm. like, yeah. Um, but this time it's a trap, the right. whatever. Um, <coughs> sorry. Uh, and then as they're leaving, Talia asks Bruce what he's going to do with her dad. He's like, I'm going to turn him in yeah. because can't kill. And then she's like, uh, no, you're not. And they go on their way, and they yeah. kind of leave Bruce in they the leave, desert. Yeah, but they give him a bottle of water. So How it's fine. sweet. It is sweet. I mean, it, it is. It's weird, but it's also kind of nice. She still loves her dad. She, you know, After still loyal to him. told her that. Like, yeah, she doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a lo- there's a long history, even within the DCAU, of just, like, Roz just doing horrible things to Talia and her still being loyal to him. So mm-hmm. it's, it's no big surprise there. Which relationship do you think is more toxic, Roz and Talia or Joker and Harley? Okay, I guess let me try to think. They're both bad in different ways. They're both really bad. I mean, in the comics, they both kind of move beyond those relationships. Um, Within the DCAU, I feel like neither of them really do. As as we'll see, uh, Talia actually reappears in Batman Beyond, Mm -hmm. way way down the line. And again, there's she's still kind of trapped in that relationship. So, um, I guess theirs is worse. Within the DCAU, Harley gets out. That's true. Yeah, and Talia doesn't. So they're both super fucked up. They're yeah, yeah. They're bad. If anything, the Talia Ross is probably more fucked up because it's a father daughter mm-hmm. situation. So there's weird edible things on there. No, not edible. What's Oedipus? The, no, Oedipus was the mom. What's the um? Oh, I don't know. I don't know the, the dad version. Electra complex. Electra like really? Carmen Electra. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Named after Carmen Electra. <laughs> It's a very new. It's a very new thing. Christ. <laughs> but yeah, I think. Well, I knew it wasn't going to be the Marvel Electra. Well, no, but like, <laughs> those are my only two Electras. But I think that it's the Electra that Electra from the comics is named after. That's the one. No, no, no. I think. But yeah, that's no, yeah. It's all named after Carmen Electra. Yeah. Um, the only piece of trivia I have about this episode, which is just personally special to me, is that uh, the voice of the Egyptian priestess is Nichelle Nichols. David Warner, obviously, is the voice of Ra's al Ghul, and then Brock Peters, does Lucius Fox, and they were all in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, hey. which is one of my favorite Star Trek movies. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I don't think any of them actually share, share scenes with each other, but regardless. No. Yeah. Uh, kind of sidetrack mm-hmm. for a quick sec. Speaking of Star Trek, did you see, one, the Star Trek trailer, Ooh, and two, the I Seth MacFarlane Star Trek trailer? Yes. I was excited about the trailer for Star Trek Discovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Although, I'm a little bit confused because they said that it's set in the original timeline, but based on all the visuals, this very much feels like it's part of the reboot slash Kelvin timeline. Yeah. That is incredibly nerdy that I know that, but I don't no, care. It's, it's also supposed to take place previous. It's right? about like 10 years before the original series. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I was excited about that. The Seth MacFarlane one, maybe a little bit less so. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably watch it. I will probably check it out. It doesn't... I don't know if it has legs. Is it a movie or a TV show? I didn't well, understand it that. It looks like a movie. It's got to be an incredibly expensive TV show. I mean, because the, the effects are impressive. Yeah. Um, it's got to be really fucking expensive. And because it's really fucking expensive, that makes me worried. Yeah. Because generally, the bigger the budget you slap on something, the bigger the show or the movie has to be. 
and the more generic it has to be. Mm-hmm. And I was, it, it felt a little bit generic in its comedy, even. Yeah. But maybe it's going to be good. Well, we'll see. Who knows? Yeah. I will probably end up paying for CBS All Access to watch <laughs> Star Trek Discovery. That makes me mad because I don't want to, but I will because it looks really good. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's a total <laughs> tangent. No, that's fine. I just, I, you, you brought up Star Trek, so I needed yeah, to. Yeah, no, no I've, I've, yeah, I, I did like that. Um, do you have any other notes on, on this guy here? No, this that was kind of it. Okay. Uh, what are you bat plugging this week, Cameron? Uh, so I have like a tangential bat plug. Uh. So I went. What the fuck does that mean, a tangential bat plug? It's a, a plug off of something else. Okay. Right? Okay, That's sure. That's how tangents uh, work. I guess you could explain it rather than me yeah. asking you, but go ahead. Uh, so the, the plug is not this. I went to go see Guy Ritchie's uh, King Arthur movie. Oy. But it was weird. It was not bad. It wasn't great. Well, that's stellar recommendation, <laughs> a ra- right? There. A raving review. Yeah. Well, so, like the way I did, I had like the way I see it in my head. If you imagine like three hundred mixed with Ocean's Eleven, but neither is, but not as good as either of them. Okay. So, so what was weird about the movie is it's like a very, you know, it's it's obviously about the Arthurian legends, mm-hmm. and but they but Guy Ritchie kind of made it like a heist film almost. Like he, him leaving the city and then him setting up to try and kill uh, Mordred, who I know is not like he's like Arthur's son, but they make him as his uncle. Okay. I'm not going to get into that. (laughs) Um, So it's like they have this very kind of like orchestral music playing throughout the whole thing. But then they'll go to these very, very Guy Ritchie esque scenes with these very snappy cuts. And like lots of sliding transitions, and like you're gonna do this, and you're gonna do this, and I'm gonna do this. Yeah. It's like, and then we're gonna try and do this, but it's not gonna work out that way. It's gonna work out this way, and it's like this like upbeat like Ocean's Eleven music, and I'm like, this is still taking place in like the dark time. Yeah. Yeah, What? It was very odd, but because of that, it inspired me because they took on such a, a weird perspective on the Arthurian legend. It inspired me to go back <clears throat> and learn about it because mm-hmm. I, I remember loving it as a kid. Sure, like the DreamWorks, think DreamWorks, maybe Fox animated, um, Quest for Camelot mm-hmm. from '96 ish. Okay, uh, I loved that. that movie growing up. For some reason, yeah, <laughs> it's not great. Yeah, you have bad taste. We know this. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, um, but I, I realized I'd, I'd never really, I, dove into that world before mm-hmm. so i spent the rest of the weekend uh listening to myths and legends it's one of my favorite podcasts i haven't listened to it in a while Have you, you were talking about that or someone else told me about that i might have brought it up because i that. used to love this podcast hmm. um it's exactly what it sounds like yeah. it's this one guy uh goes in depth into a bunch of different myths and legends from around the world and he has like an eight-part series on the Arthur stories. Mm-hmm. So he has a great series that leads up to Arthur. It's a three-part story kind of going into his grandfather's life, uh, Constantine the third, <laughs> I think. Um, and then kind of Uther and the other guy. I'm so mad. I forgot his name already. Lancelot. No. Merlin. No. Guinevere. It does go into, Lan- it does go into Lancelot. Not Lancelot. Sorry. Fire it does go tuck. into, No. Um, uh, Uther kind of fighting to get the throne back mm-hmm. and then him meeting Merlin who's supposed to be the Antichrist which I forgot about what? Uh, yeah he was 
uh, I'm, I'm not going to go into it. It's okay. a long story. Okay. Uh, and then leading into Arthur, and they kind of skip over the, the part that everyone tells the sword in the stone aspect sure. <clears throat> and go straight into the, uh, the night of the round table stories. Okay. So there's a whole episode dedicated to yet to Lancelot, um, to Guinevere and, uh, Mordred, who is his like son character. Um, but it's cool. Mm-hmm. I recommend everyone listening to that. Cause there's all, and they all, the podcast also goes into the original tellings of the Disney films. Oh, okay. So you hear the Ice Queen story, which is what Frozen is very, very loosely based off of. Yeah. Um, they go into the original Little Mermaid, the original Aladdin, the original Mulan, and they're all so fascinating. Oh, yeah, because they're a lot different than the, yeah. the Disney versions, as you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so Myth and Legends, the, the podcast. Yeah. So that is the plug and not... Not the movie. Okay, I'll skip yeah. that part. <laughs> right? Uh, and I have I have one more quick one, because mm-hmm. I've... For some, I, I don't know why, but I've been bringing up a lot of YouTube videos for plugs. Yeah, they're great. There's another one, which is really cool. This channel called Wisecrack, mm-hmm. that every week or so, they'll do a really cool video essay, and they do a lot about uh, Rick and Morty. Okay. So they did one this week about Dan's Har- Dan Harmon's story structure okay. and how he writes for TV. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. Oh. I feel like you would really like that. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. That sounds really um, interesting. So. His, like, I'm sure it's not... Dan Harmon's original thing because it it sounds very like when he explains it you're just, it's one of those where you're like oh yeah that makes a lot of sense uh, but it's like Dan Harmon's eight steps of writing a TV episode oh what yeah it was really cool all right I'll check that out yeah I'll send you the link for that yeah I gotta put it in the podcast anyway so yeah <laughs> but we'll watch it too yeah what are your plugs I've um <clears throat> watched the the first two seasons third one's not out yet of Difficult People on Hulu which is um Julie Klausner and Billy Eichner. And they just played two total asshole kind of versions of themselves <laughs> living in New York. Okay. It's really funny. Um, particularly in season two, I think it's season two, beginning of season two, there's an episode with, um, uh, oh, God, how am I blanking on his name? Comedian. I love him. He's young. Um, the physical descriptions. Young, white, dark hair. Jesus, I knew I literally had his name in my head until I started to say, uh, um, "Hang on, I'm just gonna uh, just John Mulaney." Thank you, it's Mulaney. Yes. Okay. How, how, how the fuck did I forget that? I don't know. I literally had. I'm it. happy I got it first try. Yeah, well done. So it's yeah, it's got John Mulaney in it. It's a great. Oh, that's episode. awesome. Um, so that's been really good. And then uh, the one that you'll appreciate is while I was traveling, I watched Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, <gasps> yay! It's great. It's so good. It's. I had to stop and remind myself numerous times that it's stop motion. Stop motion because it is gorgeous. Yeah, like holy shit! Like, how many years did it take them to make that movie? Four. It's incredible. No, seven. Seven. Okay, that it's it is gorgeous. It's an incredible story. Like the performances are great. Like, it's it so emotional. Good. Like I was tearing up a little bit. Maybe because I was on a plane. Apparently, that's easier to happen on a plane. I don't know. Sure. But um, I loved it. Really, really loved it. Yeah, it's just, just so impressive, mm-hmm. all the way through. It's so good. Yeah. So I still haven't seen um, Paranorman of the Box Trolls. Paranorman. I love Paranorman. I've heard Paranorman is really great. I didn't yeah. like the story very much. The animation is gorgeous as always, as you'd expect. Yeah. I mean, but these guys, they really know how to make a movie, and like the yeah. the, the scope and scale is so much beyond what you'd expect from from Claymation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I loved it. It's on Netflix. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Go go watch that. Oh, I had one more plug that I forgot about until okay. now. It's uh. Not as happy as the rest of them, but it was a very cool show. Uh, I watched Crit- 
Chris Gethard's HBO special. Oh, okay. Uh, Career Suicide. Yeah. Which I thought was supposed to be a comedy special, but it's more of a one-man show kind of thing. Oh, interesting. Because it goes over his, uh, his, him fighting like his crippling depression and um, his like suicidal thoughts. Yeah. But it was very interesting. Oh, wow. And it was That's really cool. cool. And he's, he's such an odd comedian. Yeah, I like If anyone's him a lot. ever watched his, his TV show, The Chris Gethard Show, um, I'd recommend it because it's, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's a, it's a very wonky, very weird show, but it's, it's really interesting to watch. But the special is it's, it's nice. It's, it's really eye opening mm-hmm. to kind of what it's like to work in the entertainment industry. Oh, cool. Yeah. Because he's done, like, for a name that not many people know, he's done a lot. He's been in a lot of shit, yeah. Yeah. And he also wrote for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, he was a very short time, very, very short-lived, but he was an SNL writer. Oh, wow, I don't he know He personally plucked by... Um, Lord Michaels? No. Um, Tina Fey. Seth Meyers. Seth Meyers, okay. Yeah. Which is cool. Oh, he's nice. A cool guy. Yeah. Um, I will also have to check that out. Yeah. It's a little emotional, but it's 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 nice. Yeah, emotional's fine. Yeah, emotional's good sometimes. I mean, it's just that's not something that I usually plug. That's true. Yeah, you actually have really good plugs this week. Cameron. Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing better with disproving my life. the theory. Not so much, so much a theory as an accusation on my part that you have terrible taste. I mean, I just said I didn't have time to watch anything bad this week. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> my God. Uh, but yeah, so that does it for bat plugs, and I think it does it for us this week. Yep. I don't remember what's up next week. But I, oh, wait, I have the list right here. Look at that. Uh, House and Garden and the Terrible Trio. Haven't heard of either of them. Nope, so that'll be great. Yeah. Uh, and until then, you can find the podcast on at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. I'm at Lordifer on all those same things. I'm at Cameron.Dexter on Instagram. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you guys... Of suggestions for bat plugs let us know we're always yeah. curious what you guys are watching and listening to and it'd be nice to not watch something horrible yeah i know right so help Cameron out here please please guys uh but until then thanks so much thanks guys bye the nerdist school network for class and show information visit nerdistschool.com